Welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Cal United Football Club. From Carl Higgs to Warren Hawke and Chris Freestone to Paul Fitzpatrick, we've got it covered. This is episode 28 and today we're going to be looking back at the midweek win over Mansfield Town at Brunton Park, looking ahead to what is going to be a really big clash against a fellow promotion contender, Forest Green Rovers, this weekend, and also looking what ex-United players have been getting up to and a little bit of news thrown in as well. Uh, I'm joined as ever by one of my regular co-hosts and today it's Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going, mate? Yeah, not bad. Not bad, yeah. I'm guessing you can tell the link. One of those players has not played Forest Green Rovers. Can you guess which one? I would have to say Paul Fitzpatrick. Incorrect. Ooh, Warren, Warren Hawke. Warren yeah, Hawke is, yeah. And I, I knew Freestone and Heggs had. Yeah. Freestone, I think, only played one game for them, I think, towards yeah. the end of his career. What, Warren Hawke spent most of his career at Berwick in the end, didn't he? Yeah, he did, he did. Um, interesting one, isn't he? Um Freestone that he sort of came in on loan for Middlesbrough, didn't he? When we were doing quite well, and he scored a few goals, but he wasn't very well liked, was he? No, and no, he just, just just didn't settle, sort of thing, did he? You know, uh, very interesting one, anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, we haven't got much time today, so let's get straight into it, shall we? Um, so, news roundup. There's only a couple of bits of news today. Um, first up, no reserves run out for Chedwin. So, as we reported in the last episode, trialist Chedwin Scott was due to feature for United in the reserve game versus Fleetwood at Penrith on Wednesday. But as we both feared, the game was called off due to waterlogged pitch. And I think Chris Beach explained, didn't he, Dan, that they're trying to protect the main pitch of them around. There were so many yeah, games coming yeah. thick and fast, so they opted not to switch it to Brunton Park. And Fleetwood also said that they really couldn't hold it as well because their training pitches were struggling. So just one of those ones, isn't it? There's due to another game played, I think, against Rochelle next week. Is it the same competition possibly? Yeah, if it's the same competition and I'm pretty sure it's scheduled for Penrith again. So yeah. oh, well. ho- hopefully a bit of dry weather. <laughs> you'd, you'd hope so. If not, I mean, you'd hope maybe they'd switch this one to Brunton Park maybe or maybe they do want to protect it for the Bolton game. I guess. Yeah. I don't know, but, there you go. but if you think about it, we've only got the Bolton game. True, for a while, actually. You we? know, yeah. then, then, the then we're away till the 9th, aren't we? Yeah, so. so a nice little break in terms of home yeah. games there. Um, so, yeah, he didn't get that planned run out. Hopefully, he's going to get a run out next week. But he did actually score for his parent uh, parent club, if you call it that, his, his actual club. Hebburn, again, the other night, didn't he? He just seems to be scoring for fun. So And there's rumours yeah, that rumors Sunderland... Yeah, Sunderland are sniffing now. So, it'd be good if we can get him to have a game and sort of make a decision because it'd be typical Carl United... We'll either sign him and he'll do nothing, or we won't sign him, he'll go to Sunderland and score 15. Yeah, it'd just be sod's law, <laughs> wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. typical. Uh, the only other bit of news is, a um, bit of breaking news this morning, wasn't it, that Cumbria is going to remain in Tier 2 and the Bolton game is sold out. So, as we expected, again, sort of Cumbria is going to remain in Tier 2 of the coronavirus restrictions, which means that both United and Barrow will be, still be able to have fans at games. Um, across the UK, there's not been a massive amount of change, though, is that? I don't think anything... No, I think, I th- I think it was more more teams going into free. Yes, I think the London clubs. Yeah, all yeah. London and sort of Surrey, Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire, all the surrounding Essex, counties. I think Southend yeah. are going to... 
lose fans, aren't they? Which is that, shame that for them. Disappointment for them because they've just won two with fans in, haven't they? Yeah, well, their fans must have enjoyed that because they haven't yeah. had much to shout about for no. a while. And, well, yeah. you'd have thought they were dead and buried until recently, and you look at them now. <laughs> They've put Good themselves right back anyone. in contention, yeah, haven't they? Yeah. And especially if they made a few signings as well, which makes yeah. a difference. And it'd be, it'd be nice if a leapfrog Barrow, wouldn't it? Mm, well, there's a strong possibility the way Barrow are going right now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, as we said it there, the Boxing Day clash with Bolton Wanderers is a sellout. Again, 2,000 fans are going to be there, so that's great news, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they, they changed the selling for this, didn't they? Probably quite yeah. sensibly, I think. Was Was it? You know, I mean, surely, surely they could have uh, weeded out potential ones by ringing them up. You know, but possibly, but because I, I, I do know one or two who've been to the last couple of games who uh, who seem to have missed out today, so they'll be a bit gutted. In one sense, though, it, 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 I suppose it's good that there's maybe a wider range of people getting a chance to have those three hundred tickets. And yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? So someone's going to be unhappy either way. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move straight on then, Dan, to the uh, match review section. So we're looking back at the uh, Mansfield Town game in midweek. So it was Cal United 1, Mansfield 0. Uh, we expected it to be a much tougher test than the 4-0 win over Stevenage and turned out very much to be the case. Mansfield, very resilient side under Clough, don't they? They look massively improved by all accounts. And You can, you can tell he's made a, a bit of an impact already, yeah, can't you? Yeah, you can tell. And to be honest, even if they don't go up this season, I'd put money on them being up there next season, definitely. Yeah, under yeah. his management, they're going to be well he's, he's probably been given this season to sort it out, sort of thing, yeah. you know. And if they get a push at the playoffs, And if, brilliant. if a push yeah. up, yeah, brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Beach Boys found a way through to make it eight wins out of nine. I think I said that at last podcast. I got it wrong. It was seven out of eight at that point. Um but yes, eight wins are not not, not, not like you yeah. to get your maths wrongly, is it? That's just I still I, I can't get over that anyway. Anyway, yeah. So uh, so the, yeah, it's a move up to second place in the table. So it might not have been as free scoring a game as at the weekend, but once again, dominate in terms of number of shots, weren't we, Dan? It, yeah, it could just, easily be two, three more though, couldn't it? Just mentioning uh, top of the table there, it was a couple of last minute goals uh, around mm. us. Uh, yeah. Newport got a very late equaliser and didn't. Was it Bolton scored late on at Cheltenham? They did, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think they're probably sensible in trying to make sure Bolton fans didn't get tickets because there's a video emerged of a, yeah, a couple of Bolton fans couple celebrating. Of Bolton fans, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's a funny one that one. Isn't well, it? Fu- yeah. funny enough, uh, speaking of that, Forest Green, uh, I'm, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. They went to general sale for their last hmm. home game, and the crowd was only seven nine nine. But unfortunately, you need a buying history. Yeah. So unless unless anyone out there has, a, for some reason, a Forest Green buying history. You've got no I chance. think we've got a couple of fans down that way. You know, I'm sure this guy who was in the London branch who was a, lived out of the way and we used to go and watch Forest Green quite a lot as well. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've seen a lot of people sort of almost mock them for only getting 7 or 9 but they were, they were struggling to get crowds of 2,000 anyways. It's not really that much of a surprise, maybe, because there'll be people who will be isolating as well who you know maybe don't want to go out in public. So it's one of those ones, isn't it? But yeah, Dan, as I said, like it could have easily been a 2 or 3 nil win, couldn't it, really? Because we had a couple of chances cleared at the last minute, too. Yeah, I thought the first sort of the first half of the first half, it was it's quite an open game, you know, a little bit end-to-end almost. And, you know, Mansfield certainly didn't look any pushovers. But uh, I would say the second the second part of the first half, we we, we gradually got on it's top. Step up again, didn't we? Yeah, and I, th- I think we got the goal we deserved for our overall performance in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Second half, I thought we were the better team. We just didn't convert any chances. You know, disappointing. We had a couple of close efforts, but uh, 
And I don't think we're ever in doubt. There wasn't much danger of conceding, I don't no. think. No, we looked but, uh, fairly comfortable, didn't we? I think yeah, we, it was 1-0 I mean, and we deserved 2 or 3, to be honest for me. Well, the only shot... We faced a shot on target for the first time in three games, I think it <laughs> yeah. was. And that was actually a, a cross, really, wasn't it? It was a speculative yeah, sort yeah. of hoof the ball into the box. There's I'll no way that man is claiming he's... If he'd gone in, it would have been a hell of a goal. Yeah, he, I was in the direct angle. I was in Warwick Road end right behind it. And I thought he meant it. I definitely thought he meant it. And I'll tell you something, it was blooming close. Oh, well, it's great save from Farmer. Yeah, yeah, it was it over. brilliant tip, yeah. Shows his agility, doesn't it, as well? As, yeah, you know, we, yeah. we, We'll bang on about his kicking again shortly, but, yeah. you know, he's he's he's, a, he's shown he's a decent shot stopper as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that result moves us up to second place in League Two. We're now just two points off top spot uh, Newport. Uh, they could only manage a draw with Salford City thanks to a late Josh Sheehan penalty, I think it was. And uh, third place Cheltenham suffered a late defeat to Bolton Wanderers. Um, that means we're also... Two points clear of fourth place Forest Green because they could only manage a draw against Port Vale. And we're now seven points clear of eighth place Morecambe just outside the playoffs. Those little gaps just starting to open up, aren't they? And, you know, it's it's one of those things. I've said this before. I don't think we're going to be in a situation like that season under Curl where it all fell apart in January. I don't think we're going to lose a a big name player the same way. And especially we'll talk about George Tanner later, but obviously, you know, it doesn't look like he'll be going anywhere in January, which is a positive to take in one sense from a bit of bad news. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? Uh, well, let's get on to some of the talking points then, Dan. Um, first one up here, I think it's my favourite pun I've done for a while on one of these here. <laughs> no chinks in our armour. Um, so obviously the pre-match news that George Tanner could be out for a while with shoulder injury picked up in the dying seconds against Stevenage was a big blow, but and I think a lot of us looked and thought, oh, Jack Armour coming in, a left-back, a young lad making his league debut at right-back. Had a few of us a little bit, ooh, little bit concerned yeah, yeah. potentially, but he had a bit of a shaky start. But, but yeah, he really that, that, picked up, didn't he? That first sort of twenty twenty five minutes when it was a really open game, he had a couple of couple of shaky moments, but uh, he settled down into it. And obviously, you know, he, he put the assist in for the goal. So once once that happened, you know, he he really took off, and you know, it wasn't a bad bad full debut for him. No, certainly, I think he had a, a cracking little game. Um, You've got to, we've got to talk about the ball he played into the box for Amari, don't we? I mean, what, what a hell of a pass that was. He, he could have just lumped it in, but he, he could see Amari making that run across. Yeah, And he yeah. put it in exactly the right spot for him to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. talk again about Amari in a minute, because I think it's a brilliant goal. I think it needs a bit more credit than it's getting, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I just think he really grew into the game, and he, he looks solid. And I think early on he was up against a winger who's got a bit of pace, wasn't he? And that, yeah, that's always yeah. going to... On your debut, I, I don't think Armour's particularly rapid I don't think he's slow but he, he had a bit of a difficulty up against him and especially yeah, playing on yeah. the wrong side but he, if we're going to take one positive from it I'm not sure he's a, obviously a long term solution maybe if it's a couple of months that Tanner's out for at right back but what I'd say is you look at him you think well I've got no worries about him stepping in for Anderton at left back now you, you think he looks yeah, like he's yeah. going to be a solid player there doesn't he yeah that's, that's and he's, he's a big lad for a full back he is, yeah. You know, and I mean, we, we've mentioned before, we could possibly see him sort of moving across into the middle in time if he keeps growing, you know. But yeah. uh, no, we can certainly have no complaints and it, it's good to know that we've got another option. Definitely. It just it just adds to that strength in depth we're seeing this yeah. season in the squad, isn't it? Uh, okay, well, let's move on to uh, Amari's rewards. So, I mean, I don't think anyone could doubt that Amari Patrick's enthusiasm, especially on social media, has been 
really quite infectious this season, hasn't he? And his work rate on the pitch is earning him a lot of fans, isn't it? The way he gets up and down that flank every game. Uh, he's, he's been plugging away the last few games, hasn't he? He's been getting his shots off, especially against Bradford. Uh, and he finally got that reward, didn't he? What a touch and finish this was for a goal. I, mean, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen many better from us for a while. Oh, it was brilliant. What are your thoughts on it, Dan? Yeah, I mean, what what we need to remember with Patrick as well is he's actually a winger. Yeah. You yeah. know, a, there's, there's a bit of a misconception that he's an out-and-out striker. And even, even the lad himself, I think he said on Twitter to you He, today, he replied to my he? tweet, because I, I yeah. tweeted a Bradford fan who'd been saying, oh, he's only got one in five for them. So it's like, well, yeah, yeah. he's, he's not a striker, he's a yeah. winger and he's a good winger. He's causing yeah, yeah, problems. Yeah. So. And he's, I, I mentioned it elsewhere through the week, he's, he's got a really, not strange, but his running style, you can see why it creates problems. He, he almost goes side on at times as he's running with it. And, that straight away you can see that sort of puts a seed of doubt into his uh, opposing yeah. fullback, you know, because yes, he can go outside if need be, but he's also very adept at cutting in as well, you know. Yeah. And, and well, he, he he's got like you can tell he comes from a, a family of sort of sprinters and athletes, yeah, kind of, yeah, because the yeah. way he runs, he is unbelievably rapid. The way, the way yeah, he can get yeah. away and and. It is the one thing he just needs to add to his game, though. It's just a few more goals, and hopefully he'll get a bit of cover sack. Because I mean, this wasn't even just a scrappy goal, was it? He, he, the ball comes in across. He takes one touch. Oh, he t- takes it floor. down, spins round, and bang! You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's. I think someone it, on Twitter was saying it was Bergam best, wasn't it? Really? Well, they yeah. If, I, I, I've just got uh, Sky Sports News on in the background here as we record, and if if that had been scored in the Premier League, it'd be on a loop for the rest of yeah. the week. Yeah, you it was know. a terrific goal. Really, really good goal. Uh, I think it's really showing the importance of having a manager who shows confidence to you because the Bradford fans seem to write him off and they're saying he was a clogger and he was useless, but he doesn't look anything like that for us. You've got a manager there who believes him and tells him, go out there and show me what you can do. And, and the good thing is as well, he, he's got a really good understanding with Anderton as well. I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. really standing out. And he, he gets back to support him and Anderton gets up with him. And there was one point on on Tuesday night and Anderton went on this unbelievable run down the left and that was helped partly by Patrick making a, a decoy run that took yeah. a defender and, with him and speaking of that as well if, if you look at the likes of Guy and Riley they seem to read where both Amari and Josh Coyote on the other side yeah. are going to be you know so, so, some of the sort of diagonal balls they've played for them have been absolutely top draw recently yeah definitely you know definitely. what I mean we're, we're, give, we're giving them we're giving them the ammunition to create with, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, you look on Tuesday night, how excited people got when Gimme Tour come on, but he can't get in the style level at the moment. Yeah, yeah. He's not got a place in there, because, again, Alessandro's been brilliant as a centre-forward. Yeah. He's the one who's making his tick. As much. Yeah, we, keep, yeah. we keep banging on about it, and we will keep banging on about it, because he has been brilliant, I think, over the last few games, definitely. Definitely, yes. Uh, okay, let's make, move on to the next one. This one was raised on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly who it was that said it. Uh, it's a question about Mellish and w- reckless Mellish, I think is the way I've put it. Um, so the goals have dried up for him lately. And some people think he might become a bit of a liability in terms of his tackling. And well, we, there was we, a bad one the other night, wasn't there? He was lucky to get a booking for we've, it. We've, we've mentioned about his booking scenario. You know, he's yeah. been on four and he got the fifth. He, he actually got the fifth for kicking the ball at the player on the floor. On Tuesday I, night. You know what? I'm, I'm going to start, stay, stick up from here. I think that was a really, really harsh decision. I thought it was. It came literally about a second after the, the ref blew the whistle. And but he, he did it right in front of the ref. That was a problem. Is, and that ref was, was terrible. He was terrible. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. I haven't put it as one of the talking ones, but we need to talk about that. There was... 
if you look at it, he's trying to pass it to whoever. It, I can't remember who it was out wide, but he's trying to play a really quick pass to someone yeah, out wide. Yeah, yeah. It was the ref could have easily said, "Look, just calm down, whatever." I think he was unlucky in that he'd been picked up on a couple of bits before that, and that's probably yeah, why yeah. he's given the booking. I, um, I don't think he's a liability to be honest. I think that's what he's about. He's he's a nuisance. He, he's he gets a bit all action, he's, isn't he? He's gonna know? get bookings here and there, and yeah, yeah he, he probably was lucky not to get sent off the the other. Game. I think it was against Salford. And but, as 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 yeah. we saw with Guy when he had his game out, a week's rest will maybe do him good. You know, maybe yeah, it might give him a chance to recharge his batteries. And you, yeah. you know, he's high energy player. He, he does a hell of a lot of running. He's, he's but, not going to sit on a bus to Nailsworth for six hours, no, is he? Exactly. On Friday, he gets so. an, he get, he's got basically got a nice ten day break before we play the Christmas game. Yeah, yeah can't really grumble about that. Um, yeah, I, I just think he's a key cog in the midfield. I don't even really look at him as a converted midfielder. He's just a midfielder now. He's a League Two midfielder. Yes, he's not. Yeah. He's not like a guy who looks like he could step up at the moment. He he, he just looks like a player who's very effective at this level. He maybe will in the future, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't think he has become reckless. I think that's just part of his game. He's a big physical player. He's gonna get bookings. Callum Guy got to a suspension before he did. So, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Just, the, just the way it is sometimes. Um, well, let's talk about the referee then, Dan, because I'd rather not there. I mean, you'll, you'll just get you a string what? of expletives. You know what? Before the game, we we did say, "Oh, he's not really done anything against us previously, so we should be all right there, shouldn't we?" <laughs> how, how wrong were we? <laughs> he was awful. I don't know if his car broke down on the way up or what, or you know, he just wasn't up for it in any way, shape, or form for us, was it? Some of his decisions were baffling. Some of yeah, the yeah. pushes and shoves he was giving I, against us, and I also think players on both sides at times were like, "What's he give that for?" You know. Yeah. I mean, there's one at the end where I was panicking because I thought he was going to give a penalty, I think, when Bennett and their lad went down. I think yeah. it was just a coming together, it wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But their play didn't appeal, but I thought, the game he's having, he's blatantly going to give this. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was nice to see Reese Bennett get involved in the melee again, wasn't it, really? Yeah, bit of a needless booking picked up, though, wasn't it? Maybe, maybe but he's going to get the odd one of those for yeah, doing that. But yeah. it's, it's nice to see he's got his, you know, his teammates' backs, really. And that's, yeah. that's the key thing, isn't it? Showing that he's... He's, uh, he, he's while, a real team while, while we're on about Bennett, it was good to see uh, post-match fuel sponsors of Viceroy uh, <laughs> catering for his uh, vegan needs with a special yeah. curry. I'm sure he'll be enjoying the trip down to Forest Green this weekend. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> yes. but, uh, but yeah, it's one of those ones. And, and uh, like, like I said, I, I just think, yeah, I, 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 I think it's... <sighs> We're going to get bad referees every now and then, aren't they? But just yeah. the last few games, some of them have been dreadful. I did see a mention that because obviously there's been quite a few promoted to Premier League for VAR reasons. Some there's sort of been yeah. some poorer ones, well, some from National League have come into Football League who maybe aren't quite ready yeah. and are sort of learning on the job. I think he's been in for a few years. Though, yeah, that, what, that one has, so, no, to be fair. But... So one of the weekend, I think, is only in his second season. We'll yeah, get to yeah. in a minute. Um, uh, we haven't really got much time to talk about much else from this game, unfortunately, uh, everyone. Um, I think Craig Mattinson brought up the issue of uh, Paul Farman's kicks. We've mentioned it before, and we'll discuss it again maybe next week, but it, it's such an incredible weapon, isn't it? Just the way yeah, he gets yeah. the ball for he's just out of this world, really, the, the, the quality of it, but there you go. Um, I think that's it then, Dan, for the part one. So um, yeah. we'll be back shortly, uh, where we'll be looking ahead to the massive pre-Christmas game against Forest Green Rovers, as both sides look to cement their ambitions for promotion this season.
okay, welcome back everyone, and we're into part two now where we're going to look ahead to what we've already said is building up to be a huge clash against fellow promotion contenders, Forest Green Rovers, down in Gloucestershire, ahead of, uh, so for this big game. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different now. Uh, you're going to hear a little bit dropped in in a minute, some audio. It's about 20 minutes long, but it's a chat I had with a, a couple of guys from a uh, Forest Green Rovers podcast, but they're a little bit different in that they're... They're based in America, <laughs> so it, it's an unusual thing. But they've they've become big Forest Green Rovers fans, and they're they're quite funny, quite witty guys. And they they, they make out they're not very knowledgeable. They're actually, they do know their stuff, and they're they're pretty switched on in terms of a uh, soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. But um, we had a really good chat with them. I also did a bit on their podcast. I'll I'll post a link on Twitter to that and everything, and you get a chance to listen to it. So uh, what follows is going to be just a, a nice little bit with me and uh, the guys talking about the game. Uh, if you do want to skip this bit, you shouldn't. It's great. It's worth a listen. About 20 minutes on, basically, is. But it's a good chat. We talk about football generally and Forest Green Rovers and look into the game. So uh, enjoy that bit now. Okay, so we're doing a little preview here for the Forest Green game this weekend. And we're doing something a little bit different to what we've done in previous games. Uh, we're going to talk to some opposition fans. But we're not talking to any old opposition fans. These are even like different from what we probably normally will do in the future. We're talking to two Forest Green fans who are based in the United States. And follow the team from there and do a podcast based in the United States. Quite an unusual one, isn't it? So first up, guys, just tell us a bit about yourselves. You guys from the Heaven's Devils podcast, I think it is. So do you want to just, just tell, tell, tell everyone who you are and basically a little bit of your background? Sure, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I think I, I think I speak for Sean when I say uh, I think, he would, I think it, it would be better to call us less than the ordinary <laughs> old fan. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> So yeah, Sean and I are—we are a couple uh, of American millennial soccer fans who have been into to watching English football, English soccer for for several years now. Sean was an Arsenal fan; I was a Fulham fan, um, and we really got into Forest Green Rovers. We learned about them a, a few years ago, and we learned about the vegan aspects. We learned about the eco-friendly um, climate, anti-climate change aspects, and all the things they're doing um, with respect to the environment. So both of those things are really important values to Sham and I. So uh, we were thrilled to hear about a club um, that's promoting those things. And that's kind of what really like drew us in. Uh, and then what, ever since we started watching and following, what's really kept us is the community, the, the people we've met who are associated with the club, the fans, both in Nailsworth and Gloucestershire, but also all around the world have been awesome. So the community is really what, what's like stuck, what's kept us um, here, Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, we kind of came at it from sort of this political climate change concern for, you know, kind of new ways of doing things like, um, you know, this innovation with Dale Vince and FGR and their pitch and everything. So we were attracted by that. But really, it's been the people uh, and it's been meeting other League Two folks like yourself, Lee, like supporters from yeah, you know, Carlisle United, like yourself, from Port Vale. Um, meeting podcasters on the ground before Green Rovers that have really kept us and like hooked us in. So we just love the culture that we're learning about. What's it been like following FGR the last few years and particularly this season during the pandemic? It was obviously very different for everybody, really, isn't it? Also, you guys are watching from much further apart. Yeah, well, I guess the pandemic actually is also part of what uh, created this podcast as well. Sham and I had a lot of extra time on our hands because of the pandemic. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, th I think without the pandemic, we would have never started this podcast. 
Um, but it's it's been a blast to follow from the U.S. Sean and I have never been to Nailsworth. Actually, we've never been to the U.K. Even. So yeah. we've never been to a match. We've never been to the new lawn. We're going to. It's definitely going to happen as soon as um, yes. the world gets back to normal. But uh, it's been a blast. We just we, we buy the streams and we actually bought a season pass on Four Screens Rovers website. Mm-hmm. So we bought a season pass. We get together every Saturday. We try to get together every Tuesday as well. We don't always make all the Tuesdays, but we, we do. Try to get together every Saturday. We just drink some beers, watch the match, talk about it, have fun. Um, and, and we try to recruit other Americans to join us on this journey. We're trying to build the green army. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's strange because for us in the UK, we the I follow thing, it obviously started a few years ago, but we were only ever allowed to watch the Tuesday, the midweek games were the only ones that you could watch in the UK on the stream because they didn't want to discourage fans from going to the games, basically. They wanted to make sure as many fans went to the matches as possible. So we sort of a slight use to it, but it's still weird watching on a weekend now on a Saturday. Instead of, Saturday for me, normally, living in Liverpool, I'm up at, my missus was saying the other day, says, I've never seen you more active than on a match day. Any other day, you're not getting <laughs> out of your bed early, but on a match day, you're up, you've done the dishes, you've done all the washing, everything. you're ready to go dead on the time you need to go for your train. She's always amazed by it. So I, I always end up getting up about, I get a train about nine, half nine from Liverpool to Wigan, and then Wigan up to Carlisle. I mean, Carlisle by midday, I have a, some food with one of my mates and a few drinks, and I go to another pub, one of the brew dog pubs in Carlisle, have a few drinks with my mate there. We then walk down for the game, watch the match. Afterwards, I go back, and the train's up for another hour and a half, maybe two hours. I'll have a couple more drinks, get the train back. I'm back by nine o'clock, probably passed out because I can't handle drinking the same way I used to be able to. I'm too tired by the time I get home. <laughs> yeah. So that's usually my day. Now on a Saturday, it's literally quarter to three, Go, set my computer up, connect it to the TV, watch the game, and it's done by five o'clock. It is a weird experience, but for you guys, you, it probably is more of an experience than it is for us. And you, like I said, you guys get together and you have a few beers and you watch the game. So it, it sounds very sort of different to us, but similar in many ways as well. So, but you must be really enjoying how they're playing the season, I, I guess. Yeah, we love it. We're very bullish on their chances of promotion. Of course, you guys are ahead of us in the table currently as of this recording. Just, You're number three. We're number four. Yeah, um, that's something that American fans like us, we're like, wait, what? We just won. We were in third place. We won. And now we dropped down to fourth. <laughs> You're playing against Stevenage. I think. Yeah. 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 I just think the pandemic actually end up end up reducing the barrier for us the barrier to entry because we may think like oh it's so esoteric look at the small club league two how do we get in there but it kind of with fans not allowed at the new lawn everyone's sort of in the same boat you have to watch on iFollow so for us I don't know it, it kind of lowered this mental hurdle of hey we're supporters now just like anyone else and it's helped us to kind of dive head first into um league two enforcement rovers yeah. But yeah, but going yeah, and going back to the question, Lee, we are we're having a blast because this is uh yeah, we we've started this podcast at the perfect time. <laughs> Forest Green Rovers are fl- flying. They're the they're getting results. They're number one in the expected goals table. Um uh but yeah, yeah. So no, we're we're very fortunate right now. We uh like I said, we started this podcast at a, at a good time. Um the team is creating chances. The team, the games are exciting. I mean, we're not winning by a lot of goals, but we're winning. We're getting the results. So we're keeping them tight, which makes it exciting for us. But at the end of the day, we're, we're getting the results we need to get, especially on the road. Um, we, I don't know if this changed after this past match, but 
before the past match, we had the most points of any team in League Two on the road. Um, so yeah, it's been a blast to watch to watch this club and follow along this season, and hopefully we can continue pushing for promotion. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it's not the biggest club, is it? Forest Greens, you've touched on a few times there, but they've got quite big ambitions on the own. If Dale Vince has got some very big ambitions, and one thing that is particularly caught my eye, and I know Danu does the podcast with me, we both say it's one of the most impressive and different-looking new stadium plans you'll ever see. Because in this country, fans have a real bugbear about football grounds. What the diehards are every week, they love grounds that basically fall into bits half the time. They like a bit of character to their grounds. And a lot right. of modern grounds you see now, let me give you an example. Teams like Scunthorpe or even Chesterfield that used to be in the league and teams like that, they all look the same. They're all basically like a biscuit tin or a shoebox, as people describe them. Whereas what Forest Green are looking to do with their new ground, it looks so impressive. And that must be quite exciting to see a club that's got these ambitions to, obviously, they're moving away from Nailsworth, but they're looking, they're thinking bigger. They want to be a different club and they want to do something exciting instead of the box that easier four stands and that'll do sort of thing yeah absolutely i mean for for us we are you know obviously we're americans we have not grown up with four screen rovers we're relatively new to the club so for us the move is exciting but i know there's there there are fans who are local who are not so thrilled about the move they think four screen should stay and four screen should stay on nailsworth and i totally get that um the, the stadium that they're in now is actually not that old either i think it's Actually, let, let me not say it. Say it incorrect fact. I don't remember how, how old it is, but it's, it's not that. It's not because because when Carlisle played them in the conference, they, they were at a different ground. It was the old log, so that was only yeah. fifteen years ago. So it's not that old, like you say. Yeah, I want to say it's maybe ten years old, but that might be wrong. But anyway, uh, yeah, my point is like Sean and I, as you know, outsiders, we we're thrilled about the new ground. Also, we love all the eco stuff about it. We love the new technology that's going to go into it. Um, we love that it helps with uh, Dale Vince's ambitions to get the club to the championship. But, of course, we do have the, the fear that is it going to cause the, the, long, like the lifelong fans, are they going to feel like the club's losing a little bit of its identity moving away from Nailsworth? That's something that's yeah that, that, that's we're, we're conscious of, and we, we totally understand that perspective. Um, but, yeah, for us, as outsiders, we're thrilled. Uh, we're thrilled with it. So yeah, um, so you talk about how well Forest Green is doing this season, but who are the star men? Who are the men we need to be watching out for? And I mean, I know a few players like Jamil Matt and Carl Winchester, but who, who's the players, who, the star men, and the people we might not know about particularly? Well, yeah, sure. So, well, I don't know if, if you guys have heard of Odin Bailey, the Birmingham boy. He's on loan from Birmingham. He'll definitely be with us on Saturday when we play you. We're a little worried, though. He's not going to be with us the rest of the year because he's, his loan ends in January, and we're really hoping they can extend that because he has been brilliant he is a, a masterful creator you can clearly see the championship level uh when he when he when, anytime he's around the ball yeah yeah so he, he's phenomenal uh nikki cadden has been outstanding uh aaron collins has created a lot of chances for us as well um what do you think Liam kitching is yeah liam kitching has been oh, a great kitching. defender yeah, there's but a bit Kitching of a rumor. Another one. Yeah, yeah go ahead. He might, he might leave. There's a bit of a rumor because he wasn't selected in our last match. Um, and he wasn't injured or anything. So there, there's rumors that there's he might be. He may go to Barnsley. Yeah. He's a, he's a phenomenal player, though, Kitching. So I, I, I think we're all worried that we're going to lose him. Uh, but I think we were all hoping that wouldn't come until the end of the season. Uh, but maybe if these rumors are to be believed, it's going to come a little bit sooner. But yeah, Kitching is phenomenal. But we don't know if you're going to see him on Saturday because if these rumors are true, they're probably going to 
you know, keep him out so he doesn't get injured. Um, That's one of those but, things with teams at our level. We, we, you can't keep all the players if a big club comes in for them. We've had this a few years ago. There's a lad who's now playing at Sunderland called Charlie Wyke. He, went, we, he was scoring for fun for us in the first half of the season, but he had a release clause <laughs> in his contract that meant if a club came in with a bit of a quarter of a million pounds, then he was allowed to talk to that club and could go if he wanted to. Unfortunately, Brad, I think it was Bradford came in off a quarter of a million pounds wow. and he was off. Bradford were at the level above us then and obviously now, look at them. <laughs> yeah, so he's, yeah. Gone, he's, been, he's gone to Sunderland since then and he's done pretty well for himself, to be fair. But it just shows you at our level, if the play does half decent, the days of keeping older players for a long period, unfortunately, are very much long gone, teams like us. Um, yeah. I suppose I ask you as well, because we, we letting everyone in a little bit inside here, we recorded a bit for your podcast as well, and I'll, I'll give that a plug at the end, obviously. Um, but in that, we talked a bit about Kyle United. I talked a lot about Kyle United, probably too much. Um, so bearing that in mind, what do you know about Kyle United now? What, what, what's your knowledge of the club? I got so um, we know that you don't get any sunlight in the winter. We know that you are uh, you're pretty close to Norway up there. Uh, you can see the northern lights from from where you guys are. We, we assume you can see the glaciers melting all the way up there. Uh, but no, we, we know we know that it's a it's a club in the north. We know it's in in Cumbria. We know that there's not a lot of other clubs around it. So you kind of have a monopoly on the fan base there, which is really nice. Um, we know from our from talking to our own supporters, for Green Rover supporters, that uh, for them it's a it's a long, long, long drive to go to an away day. Um, long, long coach ride. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very long coach ride. Um, yeah, what else, Sean? Um, we, no, know yeah, your, we know your nickname is not the the dragons or the yeah, you're the blues. You're the blues, blues. But... or the Cumbrians, or some people know the Red Foxes. Red Foxes, but that's not really one Carl fans use themselves. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah. actually, we, we, we learned that we're brethren in sheep because we had, we had joked earlier about uh, the sheep population in the Cotswolds and Gloucestershire where, um, where you know, Forest Green Rovers is. But you also educated us that there are a ton of sheep um, up in Cumbria, and so you often get, uh, you know, associated with the sheep. Inflatable yes. sheep have been brandished at your matches. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, actually, what, what I've learned is that it seems like, you know, a Carlisle United fans like to have a good time, like a good, like a bit of cheek. Well, the thing is, as well, <laughs> we're a kind of club as well, that because we're so isolated and because it's a small, sort of, it's very much a rural community, most of it, people who live in Carlisle tend to move away from Cumbria. They don't tend to stay. They, they Younger people, particularly now, you have to move away from work. Where I come from, West Cumbria, the biggest employer over the local councils is the nuclear power plant, Sellafield. Basically, every, my, both my brothers work there. And anyone who basically does fairly well at school and stays there generally ends up working at Sellafield, basically. It's well-paid jobs for a start because it's a nuclear power plant, obviously. But, um, but yeah, tend, people tend to move away from the county. I've moved away. I live in Liverpool. Now. We have a London sports branch. It's got 300 members, I think it is. So when we when we go down to London, you think, oh, it's a long way. We're not going to take many away fans. We actually generally get at least five or six hundred for a lot of the London games. And for games in the Northwest, we can take big foul, like 1,000, 2,000 fan followers, basically. Yeah, it's so cool that you have that portable fan base, like you said, by the nature of economics, people moving to bigger cities, yeah. they're spread across the country. 
but yeah. so cool that you guys can unite around the club yeah. you know wherever yeah. well, people move wait that's their connection to home car united quite for a lot of people i don't know people in school who well, i would never say we're big car united fans in school the way we're interested but now when i go to like an away game down south i'll bump into them and say what are you doing oh, come, come to the car again <laughs> and really fighting it's car home, but you, you go to the games are oh, brilliant um whereas you get like i said like teams like elaine orion in london or I don't know any clubs down there are crawley Crawley are not going to bring a big following to Carlisle because there's not many people moving away from Crawley for a job in Cumbria or the North East or anything like that. You, they're just sure. easier. <laughs> so it's it, it, it's quite different in that sense. But um, but yeah, it, it's been great talking about. Let, let's get it down to them. The, the final point: predictions for the game. What, what how do you reckon it's going to go? Oh, you want to go ahead? So, Nathan? Well, so we typically uh, we haven't done it yet. We have a uh, we have a Python machine learning algorithm. Little code that, that we we take all the data from the the matches and we upload it and then it just spits out a prediction for us and it's usually pretty accurate. I haven't done this yet though. I always make my predictions based off of that. So uh, since I haven't done it, I guess I gotta go with the old the old noggin here, which yeah. is not a very reliable source. <laughs> so um, we've been we 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 just came off. We're just coming off of our best performance of the season against Cambridge. Uh, we absolutely dominated that game. Feeling really good. Before that, we had a tendency to either play up or play down to our competition, and, and the games have been really tight. I think this game's going to be tight, too. Um, we struggle to keep clean sheets against uh, – well, we, we always make some silly mistake, so we're not going to keep a clean sheet. Uh, you guys have excellent, excellent expected goals as well, so I think you're going to score. I'm going to go 2-1 to the good, 2-1 to four screen rovers. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, you know, we're yeah, we're eternal American optimists. So we're always putting, you know, four screen rovers as the winning oh, yeah. club. But well, after our conversation, say, yeah, go ahead. I, go I ahead. was just gonna say we, we have never predicted anything but a win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever will. We could be playing Man City, we could be playing Liverpool, we're gonna say one yeah. nil to the oh, one nil fourth grade. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so we, we try to continue that streak. Uh, part of it comes from our vast ignorance. But man, <laughs> after after our discussion earlier, uh, Lee, we're really salivating for the game. We think it's going to be well contested, like Nathan was saying. Mm. Uh, we played to the level of our competition. We played Newport County um, at the top of League Two recently, and that was a great match. So we're looking forward to it. You guys have competencies and excel in areas that are really weak for us, like long throws, and we do yeah. we do make defensive but, mistakes. Um, so I do think we're going to let goals in, but we got to keep our unfounded American optimism going. So I'm going to say the goals will go in. It'll be a 3-2 for a screen roll. Wow. Win. I'm going to add one more bad. prediction on that. The goal that we're going to concede is going to – there's definitely going to be a goal conceded off a long throw. You guys are oh. good at that. We are probably the worst in the league at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's funny. Um, one of my co-hosts, Dan, who I'm not sure if he'll be the one on this recording, but we'll see, we'll see when he comes out. But he almost always seems to predict a 1-1 draw at the moment. And I'm going to go with his prediction for this one. I'm, obviously, I'll be on in a minute with him on the, on the, the normal episode. But yeah, I'd go for a 1-1 draw as I think it'll be. I should I should have probably told you this stat before you started there, though. Carlisle have never lost at Forest Green. I think we've Whoa, won. Wow. I think we've only drawn once, and I think we've... We've won all the others. Forest Green record against us is not great, to put it bluntly. So, uh, yeah. so, we, so I should have well, told you that we're, first. We're, no, it's okay. We're ignorant. We're, we're idiots. We always predict the win no matter what. <laughs> so <don't, laughs> take, our, yeah. take our predictions with a grain of salt. 
<laughs> but we're still going to spend this for ourselves and how great we are. We know that Chris Beach and Mark Cooper are avid listeners to both the podcasts. <laughs> so right. they're going to learn from all of our tactical talk and it will be a one-one. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you for joining us. It's really appreciated. Um, good luck for the rest of the season. Not, not this weekend. I can't, can't even say luck for that, but good luck for the rest of the season. Ho- hopefully, come, come next May, it'll be a... Carlisle and Forest Green celebrate promotion to League One. We're playing against each for next season. And if we do, you'll have to get yourselves over to England and we'll, we'll go to the game together. Amen. Yeah, Love fun. that idea. Love that idea. Yeah. And thank you so much, uh, Lee, for having us. It's been our pleasure. No yeah, thank thanks, you guys. very much, Lee. Okay, well, thanks once again to the guys from the Heavens Devils uh, Forest Green Rovers podcast for giving up their time to speak to us. Uh, we also did, as I said before, a bit for their podcast. You can check that out too. So it's Heavens Devils. If you look it up, it's on Spotify, I think Apple Podcasts and a few of us. Give it a listen there. And uh, they managed to chop down my bit I did with them quite a lot because I've rambled on for ages. There was a big section I talked about the Jimmy Glasgow and Bill Shankly and a few of a bit and Ivor Brodis and that didn't make it. It was, it was that it was that long and that, that rambling, but there you go. Okay, Dan, so then let's look ahead to the, the game ourselves now. So obviously playing this weekend at Forest Green. Um Referee is Alan Young for this game, and last time he refereed United game was two 0 defeat to Plymouth last season. That's the only time he's previously refereed us, and that was Jared Branthwaite's debut for the club. Funny enough, I'm guessing he's Southern based. Then he's very much a look Southern based. By yeah, the time. yeah. I think he yeah. was National League South referee not that long ago. Maybe right, so right. Be interesting to see how he copes with this game. Anyway, um, let's go on to the Forest Green history and facts. So we're not going to do as many as I did for the Mansfield one. You'll be pleased to hear went on a bit too much there didn't I so uh so Forest Green Rovers were formed in October 1889 by the local non-conformist church minister there's a lot of church related uh, I was just about to say there's a lot of church related (laughs) matters here isn't there yeah the the last couple of ones uh uh, they were founder members of the mid-Gloucestershire league uh the first league in the county outside of Bristol Sounds uh, rebellious. Yeah, spent much of their existence playing at county league level until they joined the Hellenic League in 1975. There's a blast from the past, isn't there? I think did the Hellenic League exist in the 90s as well. I can't remember. It, it, I'm sure. Possibly, I heard the name. yeah. Yeah, uh, it probably is exists now. It probably just got a different name. I don't imagine. Yeah, it might yeah. be the Isthmian League or maybe the middling one. I don't know. But um, yeah, after winning promotion, they spent a lot of time in the Southern Leagues before earning a place in the Conference in 1998. And they were one of the longest-serving clubs in the National League up until their promotion to the Football League via the playoffs in 2017, causing a bit of a shock, didn't they, by uh, beating Tranmere Rovers three-one in the final? Remember, remember this one because. Trump and Rose, the team everyone expected to go up, and they got quite comfortably beat by Forest Green, didn't they, in the, that game? Yeah, uh, from uh, Liam Noble played, didn't he? Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. and I, I think I think that there were more than worthy winners that day. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, they currently play at the New Lawn, having previously spent much of their history at The Lawn, which is their previous ground, until they moved to the current stadium in 2006. The stadium is in the town of Nailsworth, which is population just under 6,000, smallest in the Football League, uh, with the nearest railway station. I think it's about six miles away in Stroud or something like that. Um, so basically, think of Wigton having a Football League team, but without a railway station. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Carlisle basically will be your nearest station, essentially. It's quite incredible to think of that, isn't it? In fact, Brampton might be a better comparison, actually. Brampton without a station. Yeah, and Brampton um, station's about a mile and a half outside the town, yeah, isn't it? Just as bad anyway, isn't it? So yeah, so yeah um, despite only being in the ground for 14 years, the club has got really ambitious plans, haven't they, Dan, to move to a new eco-friendly wooden stadium near to the M5 motorway. I think it's part of their 
a wide £100 million development by the club's owner, Dale Vince, who owns Ecotricity, which is a green sort of electricity company. I think um, the shirt sponsors as well, isn't it? Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. And it's, it, it's worth having a Google of these stadium plans because... They look great, don't they? They're really impressive. It's, it's impressive and different big time. It's not I think, a usual shoebox, is it? Was it going to be all made from wood? I think it, it was. Yeah, it, yeah. It was good. The, I think the stadium Sustainab- is Sustainable wood. wood or something. And a lot of people say, oh, you know, you know, what about the Bradford Fire wood? It, it's different these days. Yeah, it's not yeah. like ones that are just going to, you know, burn down easily. It'll, the way it'll work will be very different. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see a club doing something different. And I think the whole idea is that they'd appeal to a wider sort of fan base, wouldn't they, I think? Yeah. Being based on the M5. I think they're looking at the wider Gloucestershire area rather than just Nailsworth. But there is, the, the guys on the um, Heaven's Devil podcast did say to me that there's a bit of resistance in Nailsworth and Stroud to that they don't want them to be moving too far away they feel like the club should be part of the community still yeah. but I think they've got plans to sort of still have good links in the community yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Vince isn't the only eco-minded investor of the club though Arsenal defender Hector Bellerine has invested into the club to become a shareholder as well yeah and we're, we're claiming him for celebrity fan as well yeah. I think that's literally the only celebrity fan we could find <laughs> yeah. it's, they're, a, they're a small club to say the least. And yeah, you, you could argue their owner Dale Vince is a bit of a celebrity as well, and so he maybe is a celebrity fan. You could say head to head record. Uh, we've got a pretty good record against. We've not played them that many times, have we? Played them ten times. Uh, we've won five. Three games have been draws, and two games have been defeats. We've never lost at Forest Green though. Both the lawn and the new lawn, haven't we? We won on every occasion we've been. Yeah. Well, not won. We've been, well, we, yeah. we haven't lost on any occasion we've been there. Um, the two defeats we've had against them have been. Quite far apart when they were, we lost against them in the conference season. In fact, do you know who scored the goal that day for Forest Green when they beat us in the conference? Uh, I'm going to say Carl Higgs. <laughs> Damon Searle. <laughs> oh, just from uh, going from the, the names at the top there. Yeah, Damon Searle was the one who uh, scored the goal that day. Um, so, yeah, it, <laughs> we've got a pretty decent record against them. So, you know, it's one of those games we're going to. We should hopefully have a bit of confidence, maybe. You never know. <laughs> Head, heads to bet365 to check odds on the home win. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. Last time we met, so uh, United put on one of, probably one of their best performances last season. Not, not much competition there, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, Forest Green, as they ran out 4-1 winners. Nathan Thomas grabbed his first career hat-trick and Josh Coyote scored the other goal. It's a hell of, I remember... Was it Thomas's first goal in that game? Was an unbelievable hit. He just, yeah, he just almost he outside just had, of his boot, wasn't he? And just pinged it just in the top one, corner. One of those games where it just everything happened for him, wasn't it? And one of those games which, which annoyingly doesn't have as often as he should do, really, for the players' no. quality. But, but there you go. Okay, well, let's look at sort of present-day Forest Green. Uh, they've had a difficult first season in the league in 2017-18. I think they finished 21st, didn't they? they I think they, I don't think they were ever really in danger of going down, but I think they, they had a bit of a struggle. Um but since then, they've been pretty consistent the last two seasons in pushing for promotion to League One. Um, this season, they've started pretty well again, haven't they? I think they invested quite well in the summer in getting players in key positions where they were a bit weak to improve the squad. And they've, they've basically reaping the benefits of that. And as a result, they currently find themselves in fourth place in division on 33 points with a record of played 18, won nine, drawn six, lost three, four, 24 goals against 15 and a goal difference of plus nine. Only Newport and Walsall have got a defensive, uh, sorry, a record of defeats as good as theirs, which is free. Yeah. And only Salford have got a better defence, and they've only conceded one goal less with fourteen goals. I mean, our defence is not far off theirs either, but it, it just shows it, it could be, could be quite a tight game at the weekend, couldn't it? It's it, it's one of those that'll either be right really tight or it'll be really open hmm. and end up four three or something. 
Well, the, the, the Heaven's Devil guys did point out that their big weakness apparently is long throws. They struggle with that. And that's actually one point we didn't make, mention in the Mansfield game. It wasn't until the 47th minute that we had our first long throw of the game on Tuesday night. I think we only had about three more after that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Mansfield clearly did their homework, didn't they? Their players, they they kept it in quite well, actually quite a lot. So they they, they clearly realised that that was a strength of ours. And you wonder if Forest Green might do the same at the weekend. Although it's a smaller pitch, isn't it, I think, at the lawns, uh, the new lawn. So we might take advantage of that, maybe. You never know. Um, Last time out, they battled back uh, from behind to pick up a a one more draw at Port Vale. And the last home fixture saw them beat Cambridge 2-0, as you mentioned previously, in front of 799 supporters. Uh, manager Mark Cooper. So um, he's a gaffer with plenty of experience, hasn't he? I think mostly at non-league level he's managed, hasn't he? But he had spells at Peterborough and I think Notts County and um, who was the other team? I can't remember. He's, he's, he's been around enough on the circuit, hasn't he? He's, he'll know his way about. Swindon. Really. Swindon was the other club. And Darlington yes. obviously had a spell there, I think, towards the end of their time in the league. So yeah, he's, he's definitely done the circuit. I think he did a really good job at Tamworth and Kettering. Back in the day, he was Tamworth manager that day. We went there, I think it was 15 years since that game, wasn't it? Quite recently, where we lost 1 0. And yeah, it was when, just, uh, a, just Red Miles scored. Yeah, Red Miles scored. Just a dreadful day out that was. Yeah. I remember that much. But yeah, he's done a pretty decent job. He's been there for four years. He got them promoted into the league. And I think they've stuck by him even through some pretty difficult spells. I think last season they had a bit of a difficult run as well. And they just, they've basically said to him, you know, we're going to stand by you and give you a chance to show what you can do. And Fair play, he's done a decent job there, and I think, I think the, the, the thing he wants now is that last step. Doesn't need to get promotion to the to League One. That's yeah, that yeah. his big challenge. In terms of the squad, not too dissimilar to United, are they? Really, in terms of they've got a lot of talented youngsters in there and some wild experienced campaigners. So, throwing for good measure, um, I've picked out some key men. I think Liam Kitchen's one that has been mentioned, but he's missed the last couple of games. There's rumours that he's set to move to Barnsley, and they might be keeping him sort of fresh. As a result, don't want to get him injured to ruin that move, potentially. Uh, the captain, Chris Stokes, has been around for years. Uh, in midfield, Scott Scott Wagstaff and Carl Winchester stand out, don't they? Good experience. Yeah, yeah. Football league campaigners. Solid pros. And up front, I mean, Jamal Matt is going to score goals at this level all the time, yeah, isn't he? And, yeah. and I think the one that the guys on the pod again picked out, Odin Bailey, uh, on loan from Birmingham City. Really that's impressive. A lov- that's a lovely first name, isn't it? Isn't Odin. it? Yeah, yeah they call him the Norse god, don't they? I was, just, I was just about to say it. It's, it's very uh, Loki and uh, in four, yeah. four Loki yeah, Marvel, and Marvel yeah. related. Yeah, indeed, indeed it is. But yeah, apparently he's the big star man for them. He's been really impressive, and they are worried that they're going to lose him. I like we the way we lost Jerry Yates a couple of years ago. Yeah, he'll go back to Birmingham, potentially maybe go to a League One club, possibly even back to play for Birmingham. You never know. Um, okay, United team news. Let's quickly bash through this one, Dan. Uh, as you mentioned previously, John Melch is going to miss out due to suspension. Um, George Tanner looks set to be out for a while and Danny Devine looks a, a doubt as well he's got a knee injury picked up that Chris Beach didn't even know about when he subbed him <laughs> against uh, Steve Lewis, did he? It's got a strange one that one so we're just waiting to hear from the specialist today and we'll find out that I suspect he probably won't be involved this weekend I think they'll probably just rest him with it being a long journey particularly uh, and other than that Rod McDonald still closing on in his return as are Walker and Dickinson I think Dickinson unlucky that he hasn't got that chance to play that game did he? I think he might have been Possibly on the bench for the reserves for that game. So yeah, bit of a shame. Be, be interesting to see if uh, any of them appear next week. If that happens, possibly, possibly. Not got any Forest Green team news. So let's get straight into the predictions. Dan, um, what are you going to go for for this one? Well, I'm going to have to go for four three. Having already mentioned it, a, a, a humdinger pre Christmas with goals for Patrick Coyote, Alexandra. And uh, Farman's gone a welly one in. <laughs> oh, wow. Now that, that, that's I'm ambitious. Going, I'm going, sod it. 
Yeah. Uh, how much of the pre-Christmas brandy have you been having? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought you were going to go for your traditional 1-1 there, because that's what no, I'm going to no. go for. I'm going to go for the 1-1, and uh, I think Mario Patrick's going to get his second in two games. That's what I'm going to go yeah. for. Nice tight one. Maybe we might nick a 2-1. Maybe Alessandra get a penalty. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Um, okay, well, straight on to the X-Files, Dan. Not much to report this week, is there? Not very much at all, but uh, in the last episode, having mentioned about Reese James scoring a rare goal, he He's then got scored two. two on Tuesday night. So cheers, Reese James, yeah. on the very off chance you listen to this. And uh, I even got it to hand. I can't think who... Uh, there wasn't many midweek... Uh, Jerry Yates scored for Blackpool I think was it it's, it's, it's him or Medine scoring isn't it yeah it, it was just... Yates just before half time for Blackpool but yeah. there, there, there wasn't too much uh, happening no. next players midweek quite, quite weak so there you go we'll, we'll, we'll update again next week obviously when hopefully it's going to be a, a couple of us on the episode aren't we hoping to get all three of us on to yeah. have a pre-Christmas chat um, so thanks once again Dan for joining me really appreciate it um uh, if you've got any comments or feedback or anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter to at Brunt and Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. And as we always mention this, you, you can subscribe to the podcast on any good podcast app. Search for Brunt and Bugle. It will come up. You may notice actually as well when this podcast goes out today, we've got a new logo. Thanks to Rock, uh, sorry, Ross McFaisden. I think that's his name. Sorry, I, I've pronounced that wrong. Ross, I would he, say McFadzine. McFadzine, that's the, probably the one, yes. I yeah. I, it's one of those ones where you think to yourself, probably should have asked him before, I'm really, shouldn't I? That would have <laughs> yeah. been a good idea. You know, d- prepare, <laughs> as what, usual. We don't prepare. No, we indeed just... that. Indeed, that. So, yeah, it's a Rock McFadzine. Uh, sorry, yes, I've just looked it up again there. He's a, he's a graphic designer and he's helped us out for free. Absolute top guy for doing this favour for us, giving us a new logo. A little bit more of a professional look. We've got a special logo as well for the specials that we'll be revealing once we uh, get one of those out. <laughs> Keep mentioning it, but there you yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you want to get any good graphic design work, go and go to his website, ramstudios.co.uk, and he'll, uh, he'll sort you out. You'll have to pay. <laughs> Okay, you'll get for free. Yeah. We're giving him a plug here. So yeah. He doesn't hand up freebies for no one. He's, he's no. a listener. And fa- thanks, Ross. We, honestly, we really do appreciate it. Yeah, really, very good of you. Re- really good of you. Um, let's, before you have to go, Dan, because I know you have to dash, let's have a quick look at the map. I don't think there's anywhere new on it. I don't no, think. Let's, no. let's have a quick look. No, it's all the same. A Brunei listener's got his third listening, though. So, you yeah. know, and no, no one else in Bahrain recently. So I'm, I'm guessing that probably was F1 related looking at it. Yeah. But yeah, just just the usual spots. So come on, spread the pod. Give Christmas cheer to everyone. Get get it out there, and we'll hopefully get some new countries to add on. And if if you're a kind of fan living somewhere across the world, drop us an email, and we'll we'll give you a shout out. We'll give you an actual. We'll name you. We'll shout you out in the pocket. Say you're our listener if, in if you want this country. If you want name, that is. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But if you want to get 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 us, give you a shout out. Drop us an email to bruntonbugle@gmail.com, and we will give you a shout out. We'll give you a little pre-Christmas message. Wish you all the best for the for the for the new year and all that. So um, so yeah, as I said there, Dan, we're going to be back. <laughs> you, do, next you, week. Um, you do realize we've set ourselves up for several, shall we say, dodgy messages here. I, I'm good at filtering these. I'm not. You're not going to get uh, any of your, your murderers being read out as people listening uh, to the podcast on here. My, my missus lives, listens to too many murder podcasts for me to not know <laughs> yeah. who all the, the main serial killers across the world are. Yeah, not a yeah. chance. I'll be doing my googling before I put any of those out. I can tell you that much. Um, yeah, we're going to be back next week. We're going to do a uh, little special double preview episode, aren't we, for the Harrogate and the Bolton games. And yeah. hopefully we're going to get uh, both you and Mike on the episode, I think, Dan. And we're going to... Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to get... A chat with a couple of Bolton fans as well. Actually, we'll maybe drop that one in as a part of the preview. Yeah. And we're going to look at some of the contract situation out I mean, and work out, you know, who we think maybe we should be looking to get signed up as soon as possible on a 
a longer most, deal after most, Wednesday. Most of them, I would say. Most of them, indeed. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan, thanks for joining me as usual. No uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, as usual, up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.